Pickaxe. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to listen along with all of us to each new episode of Fables of Fendrea Arcanum? We host live listening parties over on our Discord every single release night. So head on over to patreon.com slash castparty to become an official part of our cast and crew. And also gain access to hours upon hours of bonus content, exclusive behind the scenes info, and so much more. Patreon.com slash castparty. Thank you all so much for listening. Enjoy the episode, cast and crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fables of Fendrea Arcanum. My name is Jose Polino, or at DM Jose P on TikTok, and I will be your director for today. I am joined, of course, by my lovely and just very sneaky and up to stuff cast and crew for today. Uh, so let's go ahead and introduce them. Ryan. Hi, Ryan McManus. I'll be playing Rowan Fair Isle, Half Light of Salune, seeking to bring a sense of calm and comfort to those lost in the dark. You can find me on my personals at rye.mcmanus or run in the cast party socials at castpartydnd. Andy. Hello, beautiful nerds. My name is Andy, and I will be playing Five, one of the seven, Sojourner commissioned for exploration by the Forged. And you can find me at MrDandyDM on TikTok and on all the other socials. Annie. Hi, I'm Annie. I'm playing Rid, Gaslight, Gatekeep, Ghoul Boss. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Cantrip, C-A-N-N-E. And finally, we have Sin. Salutations, my name is Sin. I'll be playing Zue, Collector of Chronicles, aspiring to herald the histories of Fendrea. And you can find me on all the socials as Sensationally.me, C-I-N instead of S-E-N. So last time we met, the four of you stumbled upon, you know, this sort of makeshift remaining city within Arborea, where you went inside of this ominous looking tower that adorns the center of the city. And inside you found this tree, this very sort of majestic looking ethereal tree known as the Havenai, or as Varion, this reddish, older-looking tiefling barefoot that was kind of hiding behind the tree, it seemed, revealed itself to you that the tree that you were looking at was the Havenai that had this ability to converse with five. There was this very interesting connection that was happening between the two of them. But in that, you were kind of asking for a historian to sort of let you know what was happening and throughout the general sort of introduction of what has happened, what is happening, what is going on, you sort of learned that at some point, 
Kaimasora had members of the Arcanum within Arborea, but it was all a very pleasant experience. There was a lot of sort of good trade back and forth between the Arcanum and the people of Arborea, more so Kaimasora and the Concord himself. At some point, things started sort of going wrong, especially at the mention of this gem called the Thornbasite that you really don't know much about. You were basically told that without this gem, your journey back home would be futile. You kind of spoke about legends, Rowan and Varian, and within that, as all of this was happening, the sort of makeshift dinner of old, very not necessarily cared for food to be presented in a very gracious fashion was presented to you. You all sort of dived into in your own respective ways. Rid was connected again with this other part of her and were sort of jolted up and had to run out of the room as there was a hesitancy, a, a, a frightening pressure behind her that urged her to leave the tower. As she was walking past the tree, the Haven Eye, you took some form of necrotic damage that just burned and cinched your arm. And sure enough, as you all sort of gathered at the steps of this tower, on the other side of the bridge that connects this piece of land sort of sitting at the center of a massive crater, there was these four hooded figures. One very tall looking with what you can only see was a chin that was coming out. A greenish, decrepit looking chin from a black cloak. And then two shorter ones that were kind of twisting their arms together. And then a fourth one still underneath the same black cloak. All you could see was just one wretched, smoking, gray, ashy arm that extended out and pointed to Rid. As Rid's internal monologue, per se, said her apologies. And that is where we pick up. As you all are standing there, Rowan, you now sort of make it back and you see now Rid standing at the doorway of the tower. You see Rid's arm still giving off a bit of smoke. Both Five and Zue are standing by. Remember, Rid, Zue did cast calm emotions on you. So there is a calmness to your, your entire mind and physical state. But what it is, is inside of you, the second voice is not calm. Because there is a still a distinction between the two. As that is happening, Rowan, I will say that we pick up right as you enter this room and you see them all sort of gathered by the entrance of the tower. Five, you called? Where's Rid? What's she doing? She was trying to flee. I'm not entirely sure why. I was trying to get a hold of her and Zue was trying to help me. I, I, think, I, I think we should be okay now. Rid, what is going on? Rid's eyes are on the four figures and not on the party. I'm not entirely sure, but that room burned me, and I'm trying to get away. Has anything changed in terms of the overall makeup of the tree, the Haven Eye? Make a perception check for me. Or more because you're being specific, up to you. You can give me an investigation to be more specific if you wanted. Fourteen. You, you look behind you, and you look at the Haven Eye, standing there in its sort of gargantuan size in the center of this tower. And now that you look at it, the trunk itself is still in this vibrant white light that is presented to you. But you look down, and you noticed all of the details before from the tree. But now in this particular moment, as Rowan is talking to Rid, 
you look out and the branches, the sort of the tail end of the branches that are wrapping around the walls and around the door frame and things like that, there's this like black corruption that is just slowly presenting itself within its veins. It's just slowly running through. It's still got ways to go to get to like sort of the center trunk of the tree, but there is that detail that you can notice. Five is going to go up to Rid and grab them by the shoulders and in as brusque a way as he can normally manage, he's going to say, Rid, and he's going to point at the tree. What did you do? I'll remind everyone at this point that Rid still has probably 30 seconds of calm emotions left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll say you're like right at the cuffs of that. It didn't do anything. It burned me. So I was leaving, but you stopped me. Varian now pops up next to you, Rowan. But it's almost like you didn't even hear the steps. You just now, from your peripheral, you can see him standing there. This is none of your doing. None of this. Don't worry, you'll be safe. There's no way that they can enter these lands. Who is they? Another Varian pops up behind five. They are what we keep away. And then a third Varian pops up next to the tree and just like a poof of white smoke appears next to the tree and touches the tree. He's just kind of muttering to himself, almost like a small, gentle, what looks like a lullaby, maybe. Do I hear any voice from the tree? You don't hear a voice but you feel your chest tightening, tension building within you. You can't help it, but you feel your hands tighten. You form a clenched fist, not out of anger, but out of desperation. As you're seeking to find this voice, but it's almost like in your head, you hear that, that rumbling sound of tension slowly building. And then whenever Varian pets the tree, the sound waves, if you will, they sort of diminish and then come back up like a wave again. Once Varian has said that we're not the ones who are affecting the tree, he drops his hand from your shoulder and he five turns to Rid after looking at the tree and, and sort of feeling his feelings in this moment, looks down at Rid sort of very shamefacedly and says, I... I'm sorry, Rid. I... That was a misstep on my part. I'm... I apologize. I don't want to hurt your tree. But I don't know where to go. You now, Rid, as you finish saying that you hear, the citizens begin to now come out and gather in the center of it. All of them brandishing either legitimate weapons they have or whatever sort of makeshift weapons they can hold in the moment. And they're all now standing and you hear what looks like talking and murmuring as they're all still gathering, looking at the one outstretched hand that is still pointing right at in your direction. I don't know where to go, but I think perhaps that way. How much distance is it from where we are standing to the uh, nearest edge of the bridge? You're looking at a good like 300 feet. Just as a note, Rid, your calm emotions goes away. I would like to send a telepathic message to Rid. Are they pointing at you? 
Yeah, I think so. Should we maybe leave then so some of these not as strong people don't get hurt? I think I gotta deal with it. She unsheaths her rapier and starts walking toward the figure. I look down at the Varian illusion that's next to me. Were you expecting visitors? I was not. I never am. But you recognize these cloaked figures. Rid stops in her tracks at this point and turns back to listen. I am never expecting them. That does not mean that they're not always around. Who are they? They are followers. Deceivers. They hang on to the darkness like a key to avoid all locked moments in this life. They are his and his alone. His? There are many tales that speak of an individual, a figure that resides within death itself. It has gone through many names, but the most common one that perhaps you've heard and points to you, Rowan, would be Hades. They follow him and cling to his darkness. And then at this point, Rid, when you turn around and you're still listening, you hear lightning as the sky now begins to turn a dark gray. The wind picks up and from the distance, that winged creature that just echoes through the forest. So what do they want with us? What do they want with the tree? Why are they singling out Rid? Rid, you watch as Varian just looks at you. Why, Rid? Why you? I think I know what they are. You turn around, Rowan, and Varian is gone. The other copy of him that was by the door is gone, and the one five that was standing by the tree, you manage to look at it as it places his hand, looks to you, looks back at the tree, and like dust mixed with glitter, poofs out of existence and falls to the floor. Rid, who are these individuals? Why, why are they here for you? You hear from the center of the square. Be gone, you foul creatures! You have no space here! You may not enter, not now, not ever! And the people begin to rally around. Be gone, you foul demons! Rowan, we need to do something. These people are terribly mismatched. Well, it's not like we can go face to face with followers of death, and it's not like we can stay in this fucking tower because Reed is burning. So I don't know where to go at this point. Well, these are the last survivors of Arborea. We can't just let them die. I can at least help some of the weaker ones, or the small children maybe, if there are any. There are no children visibly there. However, you do catch from certain windows, from certain curtains being pulled away, there are some young ones that are within the homes. I would like to try and gather any weak-looking folk or small children. So I'll, like, walk out and try and make eye contact with any of them that will make eye contact with me. Just for the sake of this, just give me a persuasion check. 26. You step out, Rid, as you're sitting there. You feel your heartbeat not on your chest, but in the back of your head, throbbing, muffling your ears. And you hear... We dare you 
ever step one foot on that bridge, you foul scum? And then laughter as that last sort of sentence was spoken. And then, Sue, you step there and you look now as everyone sort of gathered and you catch the attention of what looks like a couple of kids, some elderly folks begin to sort of like come out and they see you as you sort of nudge them to you to gather around. Everyone is now centered in front of the water fountain, the destroyed water fountain that was there. You are behind the water fountain, creating a little sort of group. Right now, I'll say with a 26, you get around you a good 50 or so people that begin to crowd around you. As they start crowding around me, I'm going to start taking some like dust out of my pouch and start drawing runes in a circular shape around them. And I'm going to cast Magic Circle. I look to five. I pull out the flail with the lantern at the end. All right, let's at least go stand with the people. Keep them safe. But we need to act on Rid's word here. If she knows what these beings are, we don't know what they're capable of. But we can at least stand with the people and keep them safe the best we can. And we'll go on Rid's word. Absolutely, 100% agree. If it comes to it, I do have some spells that might be able to slow these creatures down. All right. During all of this, Rid has been walking toward the creatures. Uh, real quick, Zue, you have to choose one of the following creatures. Celestials, Elementals, Fae, Fiends, or Undead. Ren, do we know what these these beings are made of? Like, if they're, like, walking bone bags or something? Rid has a determined expression on her face as she's just walking forward with her sword in her hand, telepathically. Fae. Okay, thank you. And I will start drawing runes that, like, represent Fae in some of the languages I know as I make the circle. Before Five and I run out of the tower, I extend an arm for a big forearm clasp before we leave. Done. And as he hits that grasp, I would like to cast Warding Bond on Five, please. You just feel a nice warm glow as I'll let you pick a pale blue flower starts growing up your arm. Five feels it, and it it almost makes him clasp Rowan's wrist even stronger, as sort of like reassuring. And there's a nod, and then he proceeds to move as quickly as he can. He's going to go, and he's going to try and get in front of the people. He's just going to turn to the people who are looking the most aggressive and brandishing the weapons. Listen. You don't know what these beings are. You don't know how powerful they are. I highly recommend that you retreat back to your loved ones where my pink-haired friend is. You watch as one of them, a female with jet black hair, hoisting what looks like a pitchfork. She turns to you and she goes, Don't worry, love. We'd like to see them try even to set one fucking foot on that bridge. There's no way it'll happen. They'll burn where they stand. Rid still walking, rapier drawn out as the sky blackens behind her. And you hear in your head, Rid. Careful now. Careful, Rid. As five, another individual looks to you and goes, There's a protection around this land. They cannot enter willingly. It cannot happen. So we'll be all right. They just do this to torment us. 
Rid, you walk, and you get to about 50 feet away from the end of your part of the bridge. Rid says under her breath, You can fuck with me, but they can't fuck with these people. You watch as the one cloaked individual with the gray, smoky, ashy hand brings it down, takes its cloak and reels it back. And you now see before you what looks like a long face with a very prominent, long and wrinkled forehead. A mess of silver and brown hair that comes down riddled with leaves, twines, and twigs. Necklaces that now you can kind of sort of see them protrude slightly from the opening on the chest. And what looks like one long nose and two horns that coil back behind the ears in this very unnatural fashion with gray, decaying skin that seems to be peeling off of the face. But where would be the fun in that? Should you not allow us to get a little taste? You don't belong here. They don't want you here. You watch as the taller cloaked figure now remove their hood. And you see before you the most gruesome mishmash of face covered in moss and what looks like mold and two eyes with a scar that runs down the face, two long pointy ears that poke out and a set of horns that are broken and shattered. They have no place nor business protruding the way that they are. Another set of necklace that is just kind of roaming by and you see a neck that is still covered in that moss green mold that just goes <laughs> The one with the gray looks and says, Come down, Dritz. Tonight, we feast. Five, you here next to you. We'd like to see you try, you ugly fucks. And then in the center, the two shorter, sort of more stout, cloaked individuals draw back their hoods, and you see what look like two females with pointed noses, the one to the right has only one hooked horn that comes around her head. The one to the left has one hooked horn that comes down to her right. And they are both sort of like mirrors of each other. They're both missing elements from one another. One has a very clawed long hand with fingers that outstretch that are giving off this faint bit of smoke. Then the other, the hand that they're sort of clutching together looks like a very normal hand, but they're holding it tight in a deadlock. And you watch as the two of them, in unison, begin to sort of speak, bouncing off of each other. You don't belong here either, sweetheart. I don't plan to stay long. Can you say the same? You watch as the gray, in this case, this hag, look in your direction. Oh, we mean to stay for as long as we need. And you watch as it raises a foot. You now see a long foot that is jagged and seems like it's broken, protrude from underneath the cloak, and it's raised in a very showing off sort of fashion. 
as it is putting its foot right over the bridge that is suspending between the two pieces of land. As soon as it lifts its foot, it just goes, <laughs> Five next to you, and to you, Rowan, you hear, Watch what happens when they lay a foot on that bridge. And the one in gray looks to your red and goes, We can, of course, make this easier. Come with us and bring. The hand stretches out as its eyes kind of roll back in this sort of like euphoric fashion. Six bags of meat. Delicious. Succulent. And we will leave them alone. Let me guess. Human meat. Human tiefling. I don't suppose you're vegetarian. I hear it's good for you. You hear in your head. Rid. Careful. As the one hag says. (laughs) (laughs) This one's got jokes, everyone. The other hags look in the direction of this one. And the one in green opens its eyes. <laughs> They're all sort of now snarling and laughing to one another. And then the one in gray looks at you and goes, Well, you messed up! Tonight, they die! And you watch as the foot lands on the bridge. And there's a beat. As all of you can feel your heart in your chest. Five, you can hear the trees rustling around you. The stillness. As next to you five, you hear the one individual. Oh, fuck me. And the four creatures, they vanish. Five immediately turns to the villagers near him, and I say, get back to the tower right now. Rid sends a telepathic message to Zue. I don't know if your thing's going to work. I would get them near the tree. And then Rid starts heading back toward everybody else. I'm going to erase a part of the circle to open it up and try to encourage everyone to just run towards the tower. Rowan grips his lantern tightly, raises it up, stares directly into it for a solid five seconds, not even worrying about his surroundings. His eyes go black and they come back as the moons and I'm going to cast Sea Invisibility. So for the duration, I see invisible creatures and objects if they were visible, and I can see into the ethereal plane. Ethereal creatures and objects appear ghostly and translucent. In that second, you see as people now, they begin to scatter, frightened, and they're running around all over. Some are heading into the towers, the rest are sort of gathering what they can, and everybody's sort of like trying to converge around the tower. And in that minute, Rowan, your eyes turn black, and you look up, And sure enough, you see four streaks of what look like smoke flying above the area around you. And one lands to your left. You watch as the two that are connected meet up again and they swirl down. And you hear now, all of you hear, (laughs) as it lands on the ground. And then lastly, the fourth one, Rowan, lands ahead of you they are still invisible but to you Rowan you see them as they land and they all just kind of stop and what sort of shimmering effect you can see of them 
within the ethereal plane. You see them take a deep breath. They take their hands, they lick the long fingers, and they run it through the ground. And you watch as they run their fingers in the actual world. They'll say, five, you can notice the ground begins to blacken like ash and smoke. Everyone be on your guard. They're here. Five, in front of you. Zue, Rid to your east. Five, his sickle at his side. He's going to twirl the sickle in his hand and then strike the sickle across the metal portion of his chest. With these sparks there, he's going to take the energy from the sparks themselves and create a flaming sphere and designate the sphere to land five feet right near the closest tag. If you're doing that five and all of you are around, I need you guys to roll initiative. It's an 18. Not one for a total of four. I have a 19. Six. Five, I'll let you finish this flaming sphere that you were doing. I create this flaming sphere and I send it hurling, slamming into this concealed hag. Any creature that ends its turn within five feet of the sphere must make a dexterity saving throw. Dex of 15. That is a six. They take 3d6 damage. 12 points of damage. Rid, as you sort of stand there, you watch as five lets go of this sphere. The creature in front, a glow with a flame. You watch what essentially what looks like a flame that is now trickling up something, but you can't make out what it is. As you hear a... <laughs> as all of a sudden, as the flame sort of gets higher and higher, revealing itself, the green hag that now has a mess of hair that is burned and cinched in certain parts, and the tops of its clothing are just ripped and tattered. They, they don't seem to have fit anymore. What looks like a fine shirt at some point just ripped to shreds, but still hanging on to the clothes. Bare feet covered in mold and fungus. Mushrooms growing out of its knees and every single other part that connects it to the ground. And there revealing, laughing, looking to you with the same scar running down its face. And then one by one, the one to the right reveals itself as the twins. And then the one behind you, Zue, that you can see, the sort of semi-tall one, gray, withered hag, now looks to you. Rid, what are you doing? Rid's going to run and position herself right in front of Zue, and she'll ready an action to attack whoever comes in range next. And look over at Zue. I'm sorry about this. The green hag now in front of you five looks to you arching back and now that you look at it you can see clearly on its arm there's a bracer but the bracer you've seen before it looks like metal that's been fabricated in burndarium and there at the center hiding underneath the sea of necklaces of skulls and bones what looks like a torn part bent and essentially just ripped to shreds what looks like a chest plate that is just hanging on on top of the shirt. And it's going to take its turn. This hag is going to position itself right there in between the two of you, and it is going to make an attack against you. You watch as its hand come up, clawed hand, 
to goes to strike you. Ooh, that's a 26. That definitely hits. You take 15 points of slashing damage as the hand slashes at you. So I have resistance to all types of damage, Rowan? All types. As the clawed hand tries to rake across Five's armored chest, it's like there's a bluish tint of a barrier that is illuminated when the claws pass through. It's like the momentum is stolen from their attack as the claws rake into Five's chest plate, but don't do nearly as much damage as it could have. I'm assuming I reduce the damage to seven. Which I also take. You watch as next to you, Rowan just kind of winces slightly as the pain is felt. And the hag now looks to you. (laughs) But all you can focus on is a piece of armor that you've seen before, adorned both on the forearm of this creature and on the chest. Five, what are you doing? Do I recognize this armor? The armor has a twinge of silver with a design that is like rolling stone on top of it, where it is concave and misshapen, very handmade. You saw this armor being forged. This is the arm piece of Seven. And there at the center, the chest piece, you remember very well. The Validite see through that armor, you saw it happen. There is a full second of forged recognition as five at one time in the past probably blinked and in that memory of one of the final of the seven being forged remembers what that looked like. And even though five has incredible feelings of betrayal associated with seven and them leaving Berndarium the way that they did. The words that are just emblazoned on his consciousness in this moment as he remembers all of these things. What's the distance between Rid and Five? 70 feet. At third level, I'm going to cast Erupting Earth directly in front of Zue and Rid, uh, and it's going to basically cover the 20 feet that exists right in front of Rid, in between Rid and the Hag. The ground becomes difficult terrain. So basically he turns with one hand, just raises the earth directly in front of Rid. That is one action. And then I am going to bring the flaming sphere right into the back of this hag. They need to make another dex save. It's a natural 20 for 22. They still take half of that. So that's five points of fire damage. And as the fire engulfs it, the creature unmoving as it doesn't seem to be that much affected by it, which is something you noticed the first time around as well. The gray hag is going to go now. It is going to go ahead and cast sleep on you, Rid. You watch as you're standing there and the ground erupts in front of you, begins to break and shatter all around. And the creature unmoving just sort of like sways with the rumbling of the ground and still looks in your direction. You have any other tips for me on how to live my life to its fullest potential? Rid looks at Zue. This one's got jokes. And it's going to cast sleep on you. Jose, can I use a reaction right now? Yeah, of course. 
I'm going to expend one of my bardic inspiration die. And I'm going to look at the hag that's casting a spell that looks somewhat familiar to me. When Rid turns to look back at me and says, this one's got jokes. I just smile and I respond back. Yeah, but her voice is really annoying. I'll roll for whatever the subtracted damage is. Go ahead and actually roll for it, and we'll deduce it from the total amount of hit points I can affect with sleep, because it is a, a range. Eight. Rid, how many hit points do you have? 41 hit points. So it doesn't fall unconscious? No, the spell's useless. You watch as the hag points to you, and the hag just stands there, looks back at its hand coiled, looking at its fingertips, and just bites at its fingers. You watch as this blood black ichor begins to come out and ooze out. Rowan. And then there's a hag, and then Zui, you're on deck. I look at five. You take care of this one. I'll try to keep the other one at bay. It looks like Rid's protecting Zue. I'll be back. I scream for Salune. I would like to use a bonus action as my legs, almost in a gradient, become translucent and star-like. And I would like to use Steps of Night as my bonus action, which allows me to give myself a flying speed equal to my walking speed for a minute. I shoot up 15 feet in the air and 15 feet closer to the hag furthest west. Holding the lantern, it begins to glow brighter and brighter as almost a pale comet shoots down from the sky at the westernmost hag. And I would like to cast a third level moonbeam on the westernmost hag. As you scream for Salune, and you jolt up to the sky, you look up and your eyes, you feel them kind of like you haven't blinked in a while. That cooling sensation hits you as you look up and the clouds, they seem to break apart. And you not only see the same moon that you're familiar with, but you see behind it sort of like emerging, presenting themselves every single moon of every single plane of existence reveal itself to you as all of it just begins to glitter and gleam above you and you feel your your lantern glow, and you cast Moonbeam. So those are the twins, so go ahead and roll for an attack. Moonbeam is actually a con save, and shapeshifters make the save with disadvantage. Okay. Oh, God damn. <laughs> con save of 14. That is a nine. Nice. And the twins, we treat them as one, as one baddie. Okay, so that is 3d10. Oof. 12 radiant damage. You watch as the beam engulf the twins and both of them sort of like if you were watching one creature react, they both lift up their hands and begin to cackle. But in the cackling, there is a scream as well of pain. And they look to you and they're gonna go ahead and extend both of their hands out at the same time and cast magic missile Ooh. at first level to you. 10 points. Ooh. of force damage as the hands come up and you watch as three black darts just spiral in your direction and they hit you in the chest instantaneously. Oh, Zue, what are you doing? I'm going to flip over my book to what little notes I probably have of hags and I'm just going to shout to everyone, please be careful. Fae creatures can be really finicky and I'm going to use my counter charm feat. 
Any friendly creatures that can hear me have advantage on saving throws against being frightened or charmed. And as long as they can hear me, they gain this benefit. And then as a bonus action, I'm going to put my hand on Ridge's shoulder and I'm going to smile at her and say thank you and give her a bardic inspiration. I'm going to try and move my full movement closer so that way I'm in the middle of Rid and Rowan and Five to try and start moving our group a bit closer so we get, don't accidentally get separated by this hag. I'm going to move south towards the Broken Fountain so that way the hag to the east can't intercept us. You look at the hag now that is sort of like now menacingly dragging its feet. You hear its nails just drag across the stone floor and it's just looking to you with a cock smile in its head to the side. Rid, top of the round, what are you doing? I'm going to use my 30 feet of movement to get between Zue and the easternmost hag, so south. I'm going to use my bonus action to dash the rest of the distance to the hag. You're about 10 feet away. I'm going to hold an action for a certain kind of attack if the hag comes over here. And that's my turn. It is the green hag's turn. The green hag looks to you five and now sees you and its eyes are fixed on you. Its face covered in that moss and green and mold opens its mouth and you see a black tongue that wriggles out. (sighs) Very sharp teeth that are just adorning the roof of its mouth, but rotten underneath. And it is going to attack you. It's going to use its claws again. At this point, you watch as the arm come up again, and you're preparing yourself. You parry off as the claws come down, barely missing your armor, and you're able to stand looking at it. It looks to you, but now its attention is drawn to Rowan as its head cocks unnaturally. And you now notice, again, the cut in the center of its face. The opening, the wound, almost pulses and closes and opens. All kinds of maggots and foul things within. Your turn, what are you doing? Well, since it ended its turn, still within five feet of the flaming sphere, it takes 3d6 fire damage. So even though that doesn't necessarily do a lot, that's 12 points, so six points, I guess. Seeing that the fire does not seem to have the effect that he wants, Five is going to drop concentration on the sphere as a free action. The sphere immediately dissipates, and Five, with his sickle again, he's going to cast a spell that he's been working on ever since this group was formed, and he's had specific encounters with this individual. He is going to cast Summon Fae. The appearance... Of this fey creature, it looks like a translucent purple energy form of Rid. Aww. Oh my god. Hell yeah. (laughs) And Rid uh, is now standing next to Five. I'm going to transform into my dire wolf form once again. Rid looks over at translucent Rid and does the Spider-Man point again. (laughs) Oh my god, Rid. (laughs) And then the face spirit, it is their turn. They draw forth a rapier. They are going to attack with their rapier. So they use my spell attack modifier to hit. That is a 16 plus 4, so that is a 20. Definitely hits. 11 points total damage from the rapier. They are then, as a bonus action, going to cast Trixie. 
The Fae can fill a five-foot cube within five feet of it with magical darkness, which lasts until the end of its next turn. So the hag is in magical darkness it cannot see. That completes my turn. You watch as the Fae strike the hag. It coils and begins to menacingly keep gurgling this awful laughter. And as soon as it comes up, towers above this fey copy of, of Rid. You watch as his eyes go black, and all around it, a magical black swirling energy begins to encapsulate all of it. Rowan. My apologies, I just rolled three separate concentration checks for Moonbeam, passed all of them, uh, so it is still up. So they're still standing in the Moonbeam. So I am not going to use my action to move that, Instead, I'm going to use my action to cast Guiding Bolt at third level, spinning the flail as the lantern charges, and then just whip it down at the twins for a 24 to hit. That definitely hits. And that is 66 damage for 18 radiant damage. Woo. When they start their turn, they're going to take 3d10 from Moonbeam. And that's it for me. The minute you do that, both of them filling with that same joyous laughter. <laughs> you can try your best, holy one. But we will get them. All of them. And as soon as they go to take a step, the moons part again. And they're struck again with moonbeam. Go ahead and roll damage for that one. Salune sends her regards. That's what we're talking about. 24 radiant damage. Ooh, damn. Ooh. The laughter, all of a sudden, when, they, when they're when they engulfed in the, in the moonlight itself, they stop. <sighs> and now they're panting, looking your direction. Rowan, you watch as this necrotic, almost black smoke emit from their backs. And from the grass that they were holding on to each other, you now watch as their two hands seemingly let go and now hold on by a finger, by their index fingers. And they hold tight and you watch as the nails pierce skin and this black blood begins to fall to the ground. They are going to cast Ray of Enfeeblement on you. Oh. Okay, that's a seven. That does not hit. <laughs> As their two fingers intertwine, you watch as the black blood hits the stone floor and begins to sort of like magically try to make its way to you. But as you see the blood sort of like defying the laws of gravity begin to come up and form itself into these black rays of light before you, the moonlight shines bright and the rays drop like dust. How are you going to get them if you can't even get me? There's more than just me and my sister. <laughs> Not for long. Zue. Jose, how many feet am I from the easternmost hag? 50 feet. And how far am I from the southernmost hag? 60 feet. I'm going to turn towards the easternmost hag, and I'm going to mumble under my breath. You're not the only one that can make really annoying noises. As I'm saying that, that's what other people would hear, but in her head, she is going to have to make a wisdom saving throw. But what comes out is the sound of nails coming down on chalk instead of words in her head. Oh, fuck. That is a... It's a 19. So it takes half dammies. 
10, so it takes five psychic damage. Zue, as soon as you cast Dissonant Whispers, you watch as the ears from the hag coil, twirling inward as it tries to block out the noise, and it tends to do so, but it still seems to have uh, permeated through. But in that moment, almost like a flash in your vision, you don't see a hag before you. You see what looks like a hill giant, and it's coming down with its club. And you look around and you see before you what looks like an elf, another one, a small halfling, and, and what looks like a half-orc, just all standing by. Zoe, watch out! And it slams on the floor in front of you. And then you see the hag in front of you again. Rid. I'm tired of this. Rid's gonna dash all the way to the hag, the easternmost hag, and Rid is going to make an attack. That is a 17. Dad just hits. With this attack, Rid strikes forward with the silver rapier in her hand, and as she does, blue lightning, the same color as her eyes, kind of wraps itself up around the, the blade and strikes the hag. And I'm casting Booming Blade. The hag is going to take a whole two damage, and then Rid feeling the presence of Zue behind her, the hag will take an extra six points of damage. And then the blue lightning stays circling around the hag. And if this hag moves five feet or more before the end of Rid's next turn, it's going to take 1d8 thunder damage. When you strike first with your rapier, you feel almost like stone, the chest of this hag, as you feel your rapier bounce, not seemingly doing too much damage. And in that moment, you watch from the cuts that you could on its chest, bits traces of blue lightning, spark. And the hag looks at you and he goes, you should come with us. <laughs> because... If you don't, he'll find you, and he'll tear your mind in half. You watch as this point, the hag goes to reach to you, but it is the green hag's turn. The green hag look desperately all around it, and takes its hands and pierces its forehead, and drags it down, piercing its own skin, gashing out its eyes. Black blood begins to emit down into the chin, down the neck. It takes five points of its own slashing damage. And now desperately, you see it in front of you, five. And it's just now still clawing at itself. And it's going to move backwards. Five, what are you doing? Okay, so because it moves on my initiative, the fae spirit, the fae rid, is going to uh, move forward and it is going to move right in line with the hag and it's going to do its rapier attack. You have advantage because it's blinded. That is a nat 20. Yes. So that's 20 points of damage um, from the face spirit. Five in his direwolf form, because the face spirit is an ally, I get to use pack tactics against it. I have advantage on a bite attack against the hag. 21 
that's a hit. 8 plus 3 is 11 piercing damage, and then it needs to succeed on a DC 13 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. It's a natural 20. At the culmination of my turn, the hag is no longer blinded. So then now the gray hag, to you, Rid, you watch as it extends its hand and it's going to try to grapple your wrist. Go ahead and make a strength saving throw. 16 for me. 14 for me. All right, so this is from Strixhaven. I hope I can use it. It's one reaction, which you take when you see a creature you can see within 60 feet of you succeeds on an attack roll, an ability check, or a saving throw. Does that count for this? Yeah, it's making an attack against you to grapple you. Yeah. It's going to have to re-roll the d20 and use the lower roll. Oh, okay. Oh, that is a four plus, so that's an eight. The only thing that's going to happen in this moment is this hag grabs, I assume it's the same wrist that broke, and then Rid looks down at her wrist and back up at this hag, and her eyes just flash blue, and it's magically distracted, and its hold breaks. It holds your wrist, and you feel the bones around your wrist begin to crack, and you feel the pressure building as all of a sudden your eyes flash blue, and you watch as the hag looks to you, and its head just sort of like gets knocked back. Its hand releases from you. And now I'm going to give myself advantage on the next attack roll that I make within the next minute. Rowan. My apologies. I realized that the last time he took damage, he could make another save. But that's on his turn, so for the twins next turn, I will use my action then to guide the clouds and the moons over to that center point. So then they'll take damage on their turn. I'm going to go 15 feet northeast, please. Almost like hovering over the fountain. Just so I'm a little more centered around everybody. And that's it for me. It is now the twins. They also got to do a con save. Oh, con save? Yeah, with disadvantage, 14. First one is a 10. Second one is also a 10 for a con of 13. Ooh, they fail. That's 16 radiant damage. Jesus, you watch Rowan as when they move and that sort of like back and forth that you've been having with the twins, they're sort of like building up the tension and they come around looking in your direction and you send another beam of energy to blast them and fry them where they stand. And as soon as the light around them dissipates from the, the moon itself, you see two little girls dressed in noblemen's outfits. These like tattered shirts and makeshift skirts, bare feet with dirt all across their arms and face. And they look to you and they go, please don't do this. We only mean to serve. And then the other one says, will you not let us just this once kill you? <laughs> and they turn back to their hag forms. But now that you see them as they begin to laugh, this black blood comes out of them as they're sort of like now placing their hands on top of their mouth, covering it, sort of amazed by the amount of damage. They look really hurt. They turn around and they seem to be wanting to leave. And they shout. Okay, we're done. Now let's go. Uh, guys, I got one trying to escape. Stop it then. Zue with Rid on deck. So Zue clocked this whole shapeshift thing that occurred, right? Yes. Interesting. 
Can I run the 30 feet towards the, the ones trying to run away? As I'm like running up, I telepathically send a message to Rowan going like, I'm on it. And I am again going to cast dissonant whispers. And I'm going to say out loud um, in common, no, you don't. This time the sound that plays is like a metal knife scraping against like glass. And then I am also casting it at a third level. So I can do 5d6 instead of 3. 20, so half of that is 10 psychic damage. You look to them as they begin to run, and immediately they drop to their knees. And with one hand each, they cover their, their ears, but they still have an ear exposed. And they just begin to shout, Make it stop! Make it stop! As they seem really hurt. And at this point, there is this black cloud forming around them. Rid, what are you doing? I don't think there's anything Rid can do to get over there quickly and finish them off. So Rid's going to use her advantage on her attack to attack this hag, the one in front of her. <laughs> That's a 21. That definitely hits. And I'm very curious to see if this works, considering the situation. Rid, brandishing her rapier, makes eye contact with this hag and stabs at it. The shadows on the ground coalesce, come up around her, not touching the blade. And she's going to stab this hag for 13 points of damage. With her bonus action, she's going to disengage. And she's going to move 30 feet southwest, basically trying to get toward everybody else. You take your rapier and you pierce through. Again, finding resistance from the black smoke that forms around it. And the hag just stands there as you pierce its neck, coming from one side of the neck out the other. You pull it back and you sort of begin to draw back away from it towards your friends. And you see it now look to you and says, We will get you. Auntie. <laughs> he will see you before the light is out. No one sees me unless I want them to. Good luck. Behind you, Rid, as you're backing up, looking to you straight in the eyes, the other hag, the gray one, decaying, makes its way slowly to you. Can you roll a d20 and add plus three for me, Rid? 11. You watch as the hag steps. And with every step, you watch as the ground beneath it crack and shatter. As all of a sudden, the weight of its muscles keeps stepping forward. You watch as its two hands come up. We were not talking about you. <laughs> And you watch as its hands project forward. And it's going to try to plane shift what's inside you. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. As all of a sudden, you watch as Rid, as you stand there looking, and you hear in your head, no, 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 And you guys watch as projected from Rid's face, this smoke creature 
project outward, almost like being pulled like a magnet towards the hands of this hag as it is <laughs> just laughing villainously around you. The sky now begins to twirl, lightning and thunder. All of you now hear, Rid, no, no, don't let him! You watch as the creature now begins to be pushed from you, Rid. Your back cracks as all of a sudden you push backwards and you begin to levitate off the floor. And in front of you, you now see the same image of the same creature you've seen staring back at you. Rin! No! And the hag clasps his hands. And this black bomb of smoke makes them both disappear. And you stand there as you fall to the ground, Rid. And in that moment, Rowan, you hear the shouting and the screaming coming from the direction of Rid as the moonbeam once again destroy these twins. Stillness in the air. And you hear the faint sound. Echoing from somewhere in the forest. And Rid, you feel an emptiness in you that is ripping you apart. Olga. And that will be a wrap for today. Jesus. I'm so stressed. That was a lot. It was so much. Thank you all so much for listening. Catch us in two weeks. And remember, <laughs> the Arcanum is always watching.